WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant in the newsroom. I'm Andrew Green. More marijuana retail businesses could be allowed in Benton Harbor if the City Commission agrees to a committee proposal. The Benton Harbor Legislative Committee this week heard from Assistant City Manager Alex Little, who said an ordinance amendment would eliminate the distinction between medical marijuana and recreational marijuana in the granting of licenses. Also, he said other licensing changes would mean the number of retail locations in the city could go from six to nine. Little said the current marijuana businesses have been beneficial. It does increase the number of people coming into downtown with high disposable income. You can look at the parking lots that are full with big new cars and whatnot. That stuff attracts attention. Little said few problems have occurred because of existing marijuana businesses. We're overcoming a 40-year-old perception that you can't come into Ben Harbor. It's problems you're going to get, jacks and all, and it's not happening. Little said that the Benton Harbor's in good position to attract customers for marijuana retail locations, and doing so would mean more activity downtown. The full city commission could consider the idea later this month. After four and a half years, Waterville City Manager Tyler Dotson is moving on. Dotson announced he'll be stepping down from his position at the end of January to take a job as city manager of Hudsonville. We caught up with him to ask what he'll miss most about Waterville Hands down, I'm going to miss the people. From the commissioners to the staff uh, to the members of the community, I developed some great relationships over my four and a half years here, and that'll be the number one thing that I miss. Dotson also talked about what he's most proud of in his time as city manager. Probably bringing the commission, the staff, and the community together would be my proudest accomplishment. Dotson starts his new job February 1st. The Waterville City Commission will meet January 10th at 6 p.m. to talk about the next steps when it comes to replacing him. Lake Michigan College will honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. starting next Saturday with its annual MLK Celebration Week 2023. LMC Dean of Diversity Cam Hurth tells us the theme this year is Keep Moving Forward, inspired by King's speech, Keep Moving from This Mountain, delivered in 1960. Keep moving forward. Obviously, we're coming out of some challenging times with the pandemic and what have you, and we're pleased that we were able to, even during those challenging times, to be able to celebrate the vision and the dream of Dr. King. This year marks the return of the MLK Celebration and Community Breakfast on January 16th at the Grand Upton Hall at LMC's Mendel Center. We'll be honoring, of course, spotlight recipients from the community, those being individuals or organizations that also have mirrored the principles and the vision that Dr. King advocated for. An MLK Community Expo will be held right after the breakfast to showcase what people can do in their community to improve it for everyone. Perth says MLK Week will feature events each day, including the United Way of Southwest Michigan's 10-Day Equity Challenge, volunteer opportunities, panel discussions, and several story times. The events are open to the public, and we'll have a link to them at our website. A couple of Berrien County businesses are teaming up with Harbor Habitat for Humanity to build a home for a Southwest Michigan veteran. Joy Clough with Guaranteed Rate tells us she often encounters veterans in the community who can't afford suitable homes. She wanted to know what she could do to help and reached out to Harbor Habitat. What can we do to uh, help this small home big change project? And we came up with hosting an event. We did reach out to a lot of companies in the area, and the first one to respond was Nobo. Nobo Provisioning and Clough are now planning a gala for February 3rd at Tosi's Restaurant in Stevensville.
There's going to be a mock small home that they can pick out and sponsor nails that we need or, or countertops, things like that. So basically, it's a night of fun with good food and good music. Funds raised at the gala will go toward paying for construction of the home. The veteran who will receive the home will be found with the help of the Berrien County Veterans Services Office. Tickets can be bought at harborhabitat.org. Clough says you can also donate to the effort through Harbor Habitat. Michigan State Police are taking submissions now for this year's National Missing Children's Day poster contest. Jolene Hardesty with the State Police Missing, Missing Children's Clearinghouse tells us the winning submission will be entered into a national contest. We're looking for any fifth grader across the state of Michigan. It can be a public school, charter, private, homeschool, doesn't matter, that wants to create a poster of their idea, their artwork, of what it means for bringing our missing children home. Hardesty says the posters will all contemplate what it is to be missing and how a child could be brought home. We get a lot of posters of police officers helping community members looking for a missing child, a lot of swing sets, forests, etc. Last year's winner was a boy from Metro Detroit. Michigan's entries won the National Missing Children's Poster Contest in 2015 and 2018. Hardesty says the phrase, bringing our missing children home, must appear on the poster. The posters have to be 8.5 by 14 inches and postmarked by January 27th. We have the address to send an entry at our website. And the Christmas blizzard kept the Berrien County Road Department quite busy. County Administrator Brian Desette says the department's maintenance crews documented more than 2,500 hours from December 23rd to the 27th to address road conditions. The labor cost was more than $80,000, and that doesn't include the material costs. That's just labor for snow removal. Awards are planned for road department employees later this month. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. President Biden is marking two years since the January 6th riots. On the second anniversary of the January 6th attack on the Capitol right now at the White House, President Biden awarding the second highest civilian honor, the Presidential Citizens Medal, to 14 people, including police officers who fought to defend the Capitol and election officials and election workers who are protecting the will of the American voter during the 2020 election. On this day, two years ago, our democracy held because we, the people, as the Constitution refers to us, we, the people, did not flinch. We, the people, endured We the people prevailed. And recognizing those who led the charge against those who wanted to overturn the election. Earlier today, families of the officers who died in the days after the Capitol attack, reading the names of the fallen on that building steps. And even though they were on the grounds to pick a speaker, very few Republican lawmakers joining the families on those steps today. I'm Dave Packer, ABC News. Police say a key piece of evidence in the case of four University of Idaho students stabbed to death in November turned out to be surveillance footage showing a white sedan driving past the victim's home. According to a police affidavit unsealed today, the car drove past three times before the stabbings early on November 13th and was recorded speeding away afterwards. Investigators say they later tracked the car and eventually DNA evidence to Brian Koberger, a 28-year-old graduate student in criminology at Washington State University just across the state border. Koberger made the initial appearance at an Idaho courtroom today, and 
ABC's Alex Stone has more. Brian Koberger is due back in court in less than a week. Family members of victim Kaylee Gonsalves say they will be at every hearing. Her father, Steve Gonsalves, says he wants to look Koberger in the eyes because it's the entry point to his soul. Koberger did not make eye contact with the families during a court hearing on Thursday. Gonsalves telling ABC News why he wants to be at every hearing. I have to do it because if we're not there, it makes it easier for uh, this defendant, and I want to make it as hard as possible. Alex Stone, ABC News. Vince McMahon is rejoining the board of the WWE several months after he retired from the sports entertainment company during an investigation into alleged misconduct. Shares jumped more than 22% today. The organization said Friday that McMahon, who is the founder and majority shareholder of the company, would return as executive chair. It also announced a board shakeup. McMahon retired as WWE's chairman and CEO in July. He'd stepped down temporarily from the post a month earlier. The Wall Street Journal reported over the summer he agreed to pay more than $12 million over the last 16 years to suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. The company said it would be looking at, quote, all strategic alternatives to maximize shareholder value. Republican Congressman Kevin McCarthy made some headway today in his quest to be the next Speaker of the House. Here's ABC's uh, Rick Klein. Most of the McCarthy forces know that they, they're never going to get Matt Gates, and they're worried about Lauren Boebert. And they've been the, the folks that have been the face of this, but they felt like they need to maneuver around them, put pressure on them. Uh, their hope is that their colleagues don't view them all that seriously. They look them as performance artists. Many of them walked out on Matt Gates when he gave a nominating speech uh, a little while ago. Uh, as one member of Congress said to me last night, look, the novelty's wearing out, off. It's not cute anymore. It gets serious. And I think those who are serious about the negotiations are signaling that they're serious about continuing to pursue those with Kevin McCarthy as the House Speaker. McCarthy could get enough votes tonight. Prince Harry's assertion that he killed 25 people in Afghanistan has drawn criticism from both enemies and allies. Harry says in his memoir, Spare, that he killed more than two dozen Taliban militants while serving as an Apache helicopter co-pilot gunner in Afghanistan from 2012 to 2013. He writes in the heat of battle, he regarded enemy combatants as pieces being removed from a chessboard. A prominent Taliban member tweeted, quote, Mr. Harry, the ones you killed were not chess pieces, they were humans. Some veterans and military leaders in Britain said publishing a head count violated an unspoken military code and could increase the security risk for him and for British forces around the world. More American military assistance and equipment is headed to Ukraine. More from ABC's Karen Travers. The White House announced Friday the U.S. will provide $3 billion more in military assistance to Ukraine, including for the first time Bradley fighting vehicles. The money comes from funds Congress had already allocated for this purpose. Biden National Security Spokesman John Kirby said it would take some time for the Bradley vehicles to get into Ukraine, but wouldn't require an exorbitant amount of training to operate and maintain. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that in addition, the U.S. will provide 600 $182 million for regional partners and allies on NATO's eastern flank to incentivize and backfill donations of military equipment. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Former Arizona Republican Governor Doug Ducey's border barrier of shipping containers has been largely dismantled and just, just in time for a new Democratic administration. It's cost tens of millions of dollars over just a few months while they were set up and then taken down again. Ducey had said the containers placed at openings along the border near the western community of Yuma and across a grasslands area in eastern Arizona's Cochise County were a temporary measure until the Biden administration carried out planned construction. Governor Katie Hobbs, who was sworn in this week, was among Democrats who called it all a political stunt. 
And one of Hawaii's most active volcanoes is back at it on the Big Island. More if maybe sees Alex Stone. Bright orange lava is again shooting out and bubbling up from Kilauea, which only stopped erupting about three weeks ago. Hawaii County Mayor Mitch Roth says there is no danger, and in fact, visitors are welcome to Hawaii Volcanoes National Park to see nature do its thing from a distance. Right now, where the, the volcano is erupting, it's inside the Halemaumau Crater, which is a really good place for us for it to be erupting. It's inside the Volcanoes National park in a place that we're very used to having the volcanoes go. He says there's plenty of parking and the national park is open around the clock for anybody who wants to see it. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.